0: This is Alex J. Aguiar, and you are listening to Pod With Me. Ready. On this episode, from being a porn star, running the porn industry, to no longer being in the porn industry, what's that like? Get ready, as the pod starts now.
1: It was very hard for me to do it, but obviously I did for seven years. I created a company and made a lot of money off of it. The story that I always gave to my parents was that my business partner and I uh, would go to the Middle East and buy like old wooden doors and turn them into furniture. And my stepmother was just asking me, pegging me. Like, I said, Well, you know, it's not what I really do. And, but they both like freaked out. They were like wondering. And I said, Well, you know, I run a porn company.
0: Ready? Right. Let's, Let's go. go! Roll sound. All right. All right, Sean, how are you? Hey, good and you, Alex? I'm good, I'm good. So, Sean,
1: tell us who you are. Who is Sean? (laughs) I don't know. Probably on my fifth life, I'm trying to figure out who I am again. After another, I think it was four years away from South Florida. Okay. Came back and trying to figure it out again.
0: I know Sean for many, many years now. I think since I was 22 around there
1: yeah
0: uh yep. 21 so right? 20 years 20 years oh my god i can't believe it's yep. been 20 years but uh yes. i've seen sean throughout the years reinvent himself um Career-wise, Sean, tell us a little bit about your career, because you've had a very fun career, I would say.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if anything that I do is considered a career. I've always wanted to be able to enjoy my work. And so probably when you met me, I was working at the University of Miami, I think.
0: Mm-hmm, yes, you um,
1: were. Yeah, and after that, well, you know, I went through my seven years of running an adult entertainment company
0: sean has been in the porn industry and he ran the porn industry as well for seven years we want to know how you got into it how you got out of it and how difficult is it to find work and if you're always constantly worried if your boss or the or the business or corporation you work for are gonna find out about your past because not every every job is accepting and how people are they're not that open-minded um you know so so tell us tell us your your journey through the porn world
1: Josh. Okay. Well, <clears throat> let's see. To begin with, I had a boyfriend that was involved in the porn industry uh, while I had a normal job working at University of Miami. And, uh, you know, he convinced me to do like a scene or two, I think, with a company. And um, and that was supposed to be it. it didn't have been that easy. He told you, do these scenes and you
0: were like nothing and you were, uh, you know, you were born... You were born to do this.
1: No, I wasn't. When I entered the industry. Uh, <laughs> I did like one or two scenes. It was very difficult. Um, I didn't like anybody around. I was very picky about who I touched, who I had sex with. Um, it was just strange to me. But uh, like I said, you know, like I, I, I've been around. Uh, escorts and sexualized people my whole life or not my whole life but a good part of my life that i i understand them i get it and i i'm sometimes almost jealous that you know they can be sexual with people you know and and make money off their sexuality um it was very hard for me to do it um But obviously I did for seven years and I created a company and made a lot of money off of it. So a lot of people think I am one of those people, uh, highly uh, sexualized, uh, can have sex with whoever I want, Um, uh, dick goes up no matter what, uh, but I'm not.
0: OK, <laughs> well, with some pills, maybe. but let me let me ask you, let me ask you something. So uh, I want to know about your first day on the set. The first time you did it, tell us what, what was that like from coming into the set, walking in, from getting ready, from all that, it, that that whole first
1: time? Gosh, I shot like that so long ago, yeah. but um, well, it was with my my ex,
0: mm-hmm. my,
1: my boyfriend at the time. And um, so it was comfortable because I was with him. And so then there was a third guy in the scene and it was uh, just the the cameraman and maybe sound and lighting and nobody really bothered us. And I was attracted to the third guy and so was my boyfriend. So Mm -hmm. it it was just natural and it was and it was comfortable. OK, and so that, the first time the first time was comfortable. Okay. I can tell you there were many uncomfortable times.
0: All right. But before we get to those uncomfortable times, tell us about that first time when you, when that light went off, when you knew I was recording, how did you feel? You know, even you were you were attracted, you said to the third, but but how did you feel knowing that you were being recorded? Were you able to block that off your mind?
1: Uh, yeah, because it, it was a different time. That was, gosh, 20, almost 20 years ago. I'd say about 18 years ago now it was the first time I, I believe I was 28. I'm now 45, uh, so you can okay. do the math. Um, and it was a different time. There wasn't, uh, you know, people weren't Googling as much, I guess, back then. Um, there wasn't as much social media back then.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, so I guess that's the difference. It was easier to, to just let slide off my back and, you know, go, oh, well, nobody will find out. My name is something different. You know, mm-hmm. you can't Google my name and any of this come up. You know, okay. even back then, Google was just something that people really did. Um, so you were very careful. So I, I wasn't careful. I didn't, you didn't need to be careful back then. Um, I think you need to be a lot more careful now with every with all the social media that's around. But um, yeah, I didn't think about it. Okay, and as much.
0: All right, so you, here you are doing porn. You're with your boyfriend. No jealousy in between each other. You guys, you know, obviously, you know, there's people listening to the show that are probably thinking a third and this, and they're not in, <laughs> they're not part of the, that world. So we gotta express to them how does that happen? How do how do you become one become um, attracted to a third and how is there no tension between you and your partner? Um, I don't
1: know. It's, it's strange. I mean, with the rise of the religious right and this whole family values and everything like that, um, I think that there is a part of the society that wants to make, um, like my part of society, I don't know if I consider myself a different part of society, but other forms of society, you know, the way people interact is bad and not only different, but bad and, um, immoral. Um, I didn't really think about it so much. Number one, because it was work. Um, it wasn't like, um, I was like super intimate, like kissing and having feelings towards the third person. Mm Um, I, my, X wasn't either. It was, you know, it was a scene. It was it was semi-mechanical.
0: Society imp- imposes um, a way of being that it's not for everybody and, and everybody should choose how they want to live their life and if third is fine for them and there's no tension and hey, everybody should yeah. do what they want to do as long as you're not hurting anybody, right?
1: Exactly. Yeah. I agree 100%. And uh, it's behind closed doors. It's not like we're out, you know, on the corner of a street, you know, in front of everybody doing anything, you know. <laughs>
0: you're just in front of them. Your the computer. Well, no, you're,
1: you're in, <laughs> Well, that's another thing. We should be able to watch what we want within certain terms. Um, ah. Anyway, that goes into another st- <laughs> Other things that go into my head. Because, yeah.
0: Were you ever worried anybody found out at
1: work while you were doing these films? Uh, no. I wasn't worried. I think my office knew something was a little fishy. Uh, it, it was so funny. One, of uh, uh, the secretary in of my office, uh, you know, every, back in the good old days of the adult entertainment industry, we would always go to Vegas, uh, when the electronics convention, CIS, was there. So that's when the porn convention was. Mm -hmm. And so one time I was going to Vegas and then she was Googling it and she goes, Oh, are you going to CIS? Mm. And then when she Googled it, you know, obviously when you Google CIS, then porn comes up because (laughs) they're notoriously, notoriously at the same time. And then she goes, are you going to porn? (laughs) And I didn't say anything, but she smiled and giggled and.
0: Where she saw you know, it. She when probably I, saw one of your films. Yeah,
1: we we never spoke about it, Alex. It never came up. But she, you know, she winked at me, and uh, she was an older, religious lady,
0: <laughs> and she winked <laughs> at you
1: exactly. <laughs> and yeah, and so she had, and and that's you know, when it when it comes to me and religion, those are the kind of people that were, you know, the that hold their religion to heart you know if that's what you want to do then that's what you want to do and um you know she was she was that way she kind of reminds me of my uh ex uh, of my stepmother who was very religious also but accepted me for who i was because that's you know what she took from her religion
0: tell us the first bumpy moment that you weren't, that you were gonna about to tape and you were like, ah, you didn't want to do it or it felt uncomfortable, you didn't like the person. Well, I'm sure that was a first moment for that one.
1: It wasn't, uh, so what I didn't like about working with these other companies, well, after the first, I did two scenes, you know, back to back with this company and then they uh, gave me a contract offer to do 10 scenes in a year or something like that i can't remember a certain amount of money and uh i came back to them i said ah that's not enough money and they came back with a higher offer and i'm like okay whatever i'll do it um but and this was 20 years ago yeah
0: so how Um, much we can say now how much how much were they paying back then because everything's changing. <laughs> 17 years ago. Uh-huh.
1: Um I was making like 15 to 1700 dollars a scene.
0: Okay. And a scene is like what uh, it's taped in in less than a day, right?
1: Oh gosh, it was like 8 hours of pure hell. Wow. Um <laughs> you're a man, you can just imagine the you know what it's like of the stress of being, you know, having a hard on for I don't know how long, you know. It's just <laughs> And the things you probably have to take, not right? fun. that's where it comes back to the whole sexual you know people that are highly sexualized i was jealous like hey you could keep it up for that long good for you like hey (laughs) but i wasn't that way and the scenes were taking like eight hours it was like an eight hour day you know eight hour day of work um and that's what i didn't like and then also we you know we were matched up by photos but we could not meet each other before the scene and with me that was problematic because I like to you know not just you know this is kind of what's happening with social media you know with apps and everything now is that you see somebody in photos but you meet them in person and they could be you know somebody you don't particularly like just by the way that they act or move or anything smell but there were scenes where there just to me there wasn't that attraction got it and i and it happened like three times and so i don't know one day i just got the idea that i'm gonna just take control of my own image and start my own company
0: that's great and how many how many films did you do before you got to that idea
1: uh probably about 10 10
0: okay yeah. yeah.
1: And uh, I mean, I was I was coming up with the idea in my head, but everything uh, came to, you know, it's like there are times in your life where something happens. And with me, it was the University of Miami, my, my uh, supervisor well, it was a research doctor left. And then when he left my job left, and I was given a severance package. So I took that money. Um, I also flipped a condo in South Beach. I sold the condo and made a $90,000 profit. So I took that money. So I had probably, I and then I'm like, okay, I'm gonna take $50,000 and invest. Wow. Into a, a website and a company. And I popped off to London and I made a contract with a company over in London To pay for my flat in London, because London's kind of expensive. Um, And they were supposed to be part of my production company. And then they didn't live in London. They were like based in Manchester. And the guy that, and and basically it was one guy that just wanted to be on the set all the time. Uh, The guy can't come back in and just watch the scenes. Doesn't work that way, not with my models.
0: (laughs) Got it. No, it's a distraction for them as well.
1: Um, oh gosh these are things you didn't know. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so here you are, you invested this money, you left your job, you did after 10 films, any of your family you ever found out?
1: Uh my dad.
0: Your dad. Yeah. What was that uh, like? Yeah. What was that first conversation like?
1: Uh and of course everything with my family seems to and myself seems to be dramatic. Um I was probably in the height of my business making, oh gosh, I was like grossing twenty six thousand a month. Okay. I was flying all over the world, filming these guys, creating these scenes. And one time, I had been in Europe for a month, and then I was in Lebanon for a bit. And I came to see my dad and stepmom for Thanksgiving. I think I mm-hmm. went to Idaho to visit them and uh, the story that i always gave to my parents was that my business partner and i uh would go to the middle east and buy like old wooden doors and turn them into furniture and buy a b- bunch of like antique middle eastern furniture and ship it back to the u.s and sell it and blah 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 that was the cover story to my family and uh my aunt was uh, my aunt i'm sorry my stepmother was just asking me pegging me like really hard like oh so what kind of wood is it and and, and like i just like fumbled on the answers <laughs> and i said well you know it's not what i really do and then both of them i'm sitting in the back seat they're in the front seat they just whip their heads back at the same time i'm like no 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 no, no. you watch the road um, I'll tell the story. Uh, but they both like freaked out. They were like wondering. And I said, well, you know, I run a porn company. Whoa. And my stepmother was like, oh, thank God. And then my dad's all like, yeah, we thought that you were like working for the CIA or the State Department or something because you're always over there in the Middle East. <laughs> and I'm like, what, you're relieved that I'm running a porn company and that I'm not like... <laughs> You know, clandestinely working for the CIA or something.
0: (laughs) Which that that sounds better.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I was shocked. My stepmother, I was shocked. My stepmother was a very religious woman. And for her to be relieved. But both of them really thought that I was doing something quote unquote dangerous. Oh, okay. Well, little do they know that... um, You know, some of the things I was doing were, I mean, I I filmed the, I filmed the movie in Lebanon and uh, that was a little dangerous. So I was, I was doing dangerous things. Yeah,
0: but let them, let them think that the other, the other way, because uh, (laughs) it saved you (laughs) from, because if they weren't thinking that and there weren't relief, you, you, I I probably think things would have turned out differently.
1: Well, then, you know, that just came in to, you know, that's what I did. And they didn't care, you know, and then, you know, they're straight and older and from a different generation. So they had questions, you know,
0: more of the questions were you're kind of, did they of ask weird, you if you were like, a top or bottom? Uh, <laughs> no,
1: <laughs> I mean, they didn't ask like, uh, you know, like a ton of questions, but. How does how does everything work? Um, Tell us, Sean. How does everything work? <laughs> well, with like running the company, how yeah. do you upload the scenes? How do you find the the guys? Which is a weird thing for them to say because my dad is like anti everything but white, uh <laughs> American male.
0: Were they relieved after you told them how much you made? <laughs>
1: I't that to them it wasn 't the money I think with them it was that i'm ugh, I could never do anything right in the eyes of my dad unless it was get a job when i when I was twenty and stayed with that job until I retired. Come on, Alex, you know that my mi- mindset uh you know the 1950s 40s mindset
0: life has changed i mean there's no corporation yeah. and there's no people as well, employers and there's no employees that stay at the same job forever
1: yeah well it's very rare i they're out there alex we don't know many of them but they're out there. <laughs> I, you
0: know. well it's very rare nowadays <laughs> for the younger generation you know
1: yeah
0: um exactly. how funny So, so, all right. So Sean, here you are, your parents. Okay. You got your parents out of the way. They know already you're, you're running this company. You're making good money. You didn't think of your producer, editor, friend to take, take along with you, but okay. But anyhow, so you're, (laughs) I would have done amazing promos. So, (laughs) you
1: you would have probably been a good business partner. Yeah, you should
0: have told me. Oh my God. All right. So, Um, we probably would have won Emmys. Okay. So,
1: um,
0: all right. So you're here, you're running the business. When did the business start to slow down?
1: Uh, with the internet, um, you know, like online video streaming with advancements in, uh, internet speed that you could watch, you know, videos on your laptop. Um, more websites came up and then something called tube sites also well first it was websites. so um when people started streaming videos on their laptops that is when dvd sales uh, started to go down and dvd sales for me were about fifteen thousand dollars a month of my business wow and it very quickly within eight months went from fifteen thousand down to three thousand wow. a month and then it went to like almost nothing so within a year i lost uh fifteen thousand dollars worth of my income then tube sites then two thousand you know eight nine um tube
0: sites are free sites for free
1: <laughs> yeah free yeah free sites where you can watch porn for free that became you know i was sending out cease and desist uh emails whenever i saw one of my Uh, web, you know, one of my scenes up on on their site, um, or on these sites. Mm -hmm. Um, So it became a bit hectic. And when you lose like $15,000 worth of your income, and then, you know, even web sales start to go down, there is, and I wasn't the only one, it was the whole porn industry was like, hey, we're not like, we've lost so much money. Um, we need to restructure the business. And part of restructuring of the porn business was lowering the fee, the model fees. Yeah, And there was a standoff. I remember the standoff. It was almost eight months where almost no porn was really being made because the producers, the, the studios were saying, listen, um, you're not getting $3,000 a scene anymore. You're getting 1000 you know, or, you know, not everybody made the same amount of money, but still it was cutting, you know, the model fees in half, basically.
0: Yeah. And everybody had to probably reinvent themselves. And there was, then did you, did you do any websites that you had to charge to watch per porn
1: per hour? Did you try that out? No, I, well, no, I did. I had all these contracts. Oh, believe me, Alex. I had all the contracts. (laughs) Uh, yeah, I had so many. Con- it wasn't just me selling DVDs and my website. I had contracts with video on demand sites, with French television, with Italian television. Oh, my contracts went above and beyond just the website and the DVDs. Um, but everything just started crashing because of the web. Okay. Because people could stream right on their laptops porn. Yeah. So, and then So you, you went out of business along with
0: Blockbuster Video. <laughs> um, probably a bit after.
1: <laughs> <okay>. <laughs> I, my ex-business partner, who was my best friend for such a long time. You probably remember him. I'm not going to say a last name, but um, Rich. Yeah. Um, I had to kick him out of the business. I caught him lying to me. Oh, no. Um, and a contractor in Australia was telling me, oh, it was, it was a mess, Alex. It was it was just such a mess. It got very ugly. Because it's like, how can your, your best friend just screw you over? What did he do? Um, there were deadlines for promos. So promo packs, you know, uh, we would send out promos to affiliates. Affiliates would bring in um, clients or subscribers, basically. And... So the promo packs are going out without my content in them, and it was going on for like a month. So I'm losing subscribers. Why were you losing subscribers? Well, it was a typical ebb and flow of the business. Um, Mm -hmm. You would lose some and gain some. Lose some and get you know they would go to another website. They'd cancel their subscription and go to another website. Got it. You know, people went around, and and so what you need to do is create more content, new content and then put it out there for the affiliates, you know, and if an affiliate really liked your content, they put it on their page and go, hey, you gotta watch this, take a look at this, blah, blah, blah. Well, I wasn't getting any promo for like a month and a half, but I had already destroyed everything because I believed my business partner um, that he was turning everything in on time and then the one of the contractors ex employees showed me what actually happened. Oh, wow. And when I was in Australia, I had to make this difficult call and say, hey, you need to that. That's it. And it's, it's, I think it's more painful that I've lost a best friend. Mm-hmm. That to this day, I think I saw him maybe six months ago. Um, just Glancing out my side eye, and I was like, <laughs> "Oh my gosh!" Um, so you I'm got rid of him.
0: You mind. got rid of him because he lied to you about turning it in on yeah. time. Okay, got it. Uh, yeah. Okay. And and did he have an excuse why he would turn it in late? No, no excuse. Yeah. So then now now the porn industry is going down. The DVD sales no longer. Um, the shift in how you do things change in the industry what was your next steps? You didn't want to keep on trying, like invent something else in that. In that no, industry.
1: I was, at, at, at some point I, it was a struggle to even make 6,000 a month. And, um. and that was gross. So going from like $25,000 gross to $6,000 gross, I went to Cuba and filmed, that was my last hurrah. I found a, a buyer for the business but even before that alex the the boyfriend that got me into the industry committed suicide the one you did the first scene with yeah oh wow um probably three other guys it's all within one year committed suicide that were close to me that were in the porn industry oh um yeah it was emotionally psychologically uh you know damaging yeah and uh so everything's swirling together the you know it's not making the money that it used to lost my best friend got him out of you know out of the way um, friends of mine are committing suicide i knew why and you know people will try and cover up how it wasn't because of blah blah yeah it was
0: mm-hmm. um it was why 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 do you think it was
1: it was the the sex industry and Uh, You couldn't make money off of it, and you know not every porn star is an escort, and not every escort's a porn star.
0: Yeah, and they didn't know they couldn't reinvent themselves, and they were probably on drugs,
1: and that led them to that, right? Well, my ex wasn't on drugs. He wasn't happy with his life, and the last time that I saw him, he had moved to New York. I saw him; he was not the happy person that I remember, Mm -hmm. and it was because he was having to escort. And that was not – I I knew that was not him.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And, he, and he did not like doing that. Um, but it was so he can keep making money. And he was smart. He was uh, a biologist in Hungary. Wow. But he never, you know, it's, it. it's a cycle. Alex, like we get older – You know, what are you going to do? You know, ask somebody that's doing porn in their 20s. I'm going to live forever. You know, like back in our 20s, we just thought, you know, we'd be our 20s forever. Now what? I'm 45. Yeah, it went by fast, huh? (laughs) Like, where (laughs) the hell? (laughs) Yep. Flew by. I sold my company when I was, it's almost been 10 years. It's, uh, I sold my company when I was 36. So that was the end of porn. All right. But so the anything. end of
0: porn, now that you finished porn <laughs> yeah. and uh it was very depressing towards the end and you couldn't make those six thousand dollars a month, it was a hustle. Um <laughs> you lost going we went from twenty five to six thousand, and then people at home are probably wondering what what did you get afterwards that you made that six thousand a month? <laughs> <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> that that didn't sound so bad to many people, um, I'm sure. <laughs> Especially nowadays. Yeah, but- yeah. What what
1: what was your next steps what was your plan? I didn't know. I was lost. I sold the company. I bought a house cash in Detroit. Okay. You were living there? I lived there for 9 months. Yeah.
0: Got it. And how, and what happened to Miami? Why not Miami?
1: Uh I couldn't find a house for $25,000 in Miami. Not even in Homestead? <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Oh, my God. I mean,
1: you know, I was in specifically an area called Dearborn Heights, and it was in a nice neighborhood, and it was 10 minutes from downtown Detroit. Okay. Yeah. Homestead's like 45 minutes from Miami. Um, But still, I don't think you could find a house down there. Um, And I, I, I just needed to be away. You know, Miami is where I ran my company. Yeah. Miami Beach to be more specific Mm
0: -hmm. Um, and okay. So, all right. So you're in Detroit for nine months. Uh, You, did you work at Starbucks? No, I, I was a flight attendant. You became a flight attendant. (laughs) I became a flight attendant. Wow. Did at one point in your career, did you start getting recognized?
1: Oh gosh. Like within a year. And what was that like? Um, I'm very shy. I don't sound like I am. But I don't like I'm one of those people that likes to get into the club without waiting in line. But I'm not one of the people that needs to be seen by everybody. I like to crawl into a corner and do my own thing with my own little with my own friends and don't want people coming up to me and going, Oh, my God, blah, 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 blah. So I had to kind of change my personality. Okay. Because somebody comes up to me and, rec- you know, recognizes me. Oh, my God, I loved your blah, blah, blah. I was like, oh, okay, you can do it, Sean. You can talk to this person. You can come out of your shell. Um, but th- And that's what went through my head because I'm not an outgoing person.
0: You didn't ask what was your favorite scene? <laughs>
1: <laughs> Gosh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And people would ask questions like that. It blew up because there's a part of it. When I was selling my company, I was also a substitute teacher with Miami-Dade County Public Schools. Wow. So All right. So that, <laughs> that
0: is that's OK. So, oh, whoa. You, you forgot to give us that little bit of a detail. OK. What was mm-hmm. that like? Did it cross your mind if a co-worker will recognize
1: you? In the beginning, it was to make money but i would say after about a month i was like wow i really like teaching um i liked interacting with the students debating with the students uh you know i i i did not have a good middle or high school um uh time in my life yeah um and so I really enjoyed um, teaching okay. and and seeing kids learn. Hmm. So I I was just a substitute teacher, and I started to apply for jobs. Although they needed math teachers, and I wanted to teach social studies. Okay. And those are the hardest you know jobs to come up. Um, Yes, there I think at one school a teacher didn't know who I was and we spoke about it and you know He said eh, just don't say anything about it. Eventually, you know um, I don't want to talk about how it happened because there are gonna be two sides of it um, but A school found out about my past Reported it to the state of uh, the state of Florida to have my teaching license taken away Uh, They did But um, you can always appeal and so I went to the appeal. Okay, and Because I didn't want that black mark on my record. Okay So I went and appealed my case to the state of Florida Board of Education and three to two voted for me to have my teaching license um, reinstated. Okay. So I had my teaching license reinstated. Um, I still for a tiny bit looked to try and become a teacher again. Yeah. Um, But then I moved on. I got a job with a nonprofit Okay. And uh, that started another part of my life. Wow. I'm sure that making all that money, you saved
0: money, right? Because you look like you're a saver. I wouldn't have saved anything, but you, <laughs> you
1: look like you saved money. Not a saver. No. Um, gosh. There was some money that was saved.
0: Yeah. But looking back, I mean, looking back now, you would have saved a lot more.
1: No, you only. Yeah, this is going to sound horrible. You only live once. Yeah, that's what I say. I, I <laughs> had this amazing life, Alex. I don't know if you knew me, like when I was like flying to Brazil and then to Argentina. No, and back to I was, Europe, I was never invited.
0: <laughs> <laughs> now, I don't want to know you now. I want to know you then. Not just kidding. Uh,
1: sure. <laughs> <laughs> was, you know, I. I had chances to, you know, I got contracts with other companies and it's like, okay, well we got that contract. Well, let's go to India. You know, my business partner was part of it too. Um, He had to go everywhere that I went and we traveled a lot. We saw a lot of the world. We did a lot of exciting things together. Um, Like I said, only business partner, really good friend, completely different people. We just got along. Um, Yeah.
0: You wouldn't, you wouldn't, uh, if he will come up and, and apologize now, would you take, accept this apology and just turn the page?
1: I don't know if I'd take the apology. I'd talk to him about it because it's not just, Oh, I'm sorry. Okay. I accept it's a little deeper than that. Um, I think there are a lot of things he wants me to explain and I need to explain yeah. about what happened. And I expect the same from him. So it would be more like, okay, let's hash this out. And once we hash it out, then we can move forward. If he, if he wants to, I tried to reach out to him. Um, and the the sad thing is his best friend, his best friend, Before he even knew me, Mm -hmm. uh, him and I were out having drinks one night in New York, and that was the last time anybody saw him. On his walk, I left him. I said, hey, I got to work tomorrow. Um, I've had my drink limit. Got to wake up early. He goes, okay, you know, let, let's chat tomorrow. He stayed, had a few more drinks. I think on his walk home, he had a heart attack and died. Wow. And I reached out to uh, my ex-business partner on Facebook Messenger, and I'm like, listen, this is what happened um, I'm sorry for your loss because I knew it was his best, you know, his friend. Um, and he never replied. Wow. You know, at least a peep. Like, thank you, something. No,
0: nothing. That's why you have so many lies because you, yeah. you worked it for the school system. Then you worked for yeah. a porn. Then you ran the porn. And you went all over the world, and then you come back. Then you're a substitute teacher. Then you're in the nonprofit. Like, wow. <laughs> Who does that? Had a house in Detroit. And a okay. house in Detroit, out of all places. I thought it was because Madonna was born there. but um. No. <laughs> what nonprofit were you working for?
1: Oh, I don't want to say.
0: You don't want to say. It. Was that a good or bad experience?
1: It's not, it's, not noth- it's nothing. One, I can't say. Probably. Um, and two, um. I can tell you I worked for gay men's health crisis in New York I okay. loved working there um, I had a great time in New York that lasted for like two years okay and then I get a call that I need to go back to California so I basically left and went back to California Well, I'm from California originally, Yeah, Uh, and I told you the story that my dad and my stepmother knew my story, you know, the whole Mm -hmm. story with them. My mom never knew. My mom, and I love my mom to death, she never asked really what I was doing. She was just happy that I was, that I was happy.
0: In 2009,
1: maybe maybe a little bit before that showing signs of Alzheimer's end of 2016 it became very serious Um, so I went back to California to be close to her and fix up my childhood home and I spent three years in Northern California until she passed away and uh, yeah she's in a better place now so then that's where I'm at now and I just moved moved back about a
0: you had mentioned that uh, that you got into Corvette, COVID-19, and you no longer have it.
1: When it hit me, I just had these weird headaches, mm-hmm. like sinus headaches that weren't painful or anything. They were just weird thickness in my sinuses. And then that night, I uh, yeah, my body slammed me down. I, I think I slept for 12 hours, and I, it was hot and cold, flashes all night long. My bed was wet. Um, The next day, I was a little weak. And then by evening, I was okay. And then by the next day, I was perfectly fine.
0: And you got tested and it was positive?
1: I just got tested (laughs) two weeks ago, and it came back positive for the antibodies. Oh, okay, for the antibodies. I um, want to get a test to make sure that... I'm not one of those people that's going around carrying it and not having any symptoms and can give it to other people.
0: Yeah. Grossest moment on the set while recording porn?
1: Oh God, Alex, seriously? I can't name the name of, I don't want to name names of actors. I was in, it was in Lebanon Mm -hmm. and I was filming in a bombed out building and somebody pulled out uh, somebody's protein shake, and it was, like, gross. And out of where? His ass.
0: Ooh. um <laughs> And you had to pretend? I, uh, you have to continue filming after?
1: Um, we weren't done with the scene. Ooh. So I had to get the guy that was topping the guy to, like, like he almost puked he like almost puked and i had to get him away i I, like i had to clean everything up um of course i come always come prepared for anything crazy that would happen but that was probably the moment that um you know because it wasn't on a set it -hmm. wasn't safe you know in a safe area it was a bombed out building anybody could have come around at any time we had we shooed some people away earlier that were like parking and getting too close um so <laughs> it wow. was, yeah, gross and nerve-wracking at the same time.
0: What was the hottest? That was the one that turned you on the most that you couldn't help
1: it. <laughs> to all of my, yeah, I was I was filming in Serbia. Unfortunately, the guy that it was, the, they were doing the scene together. Um, he's one of them that committed suicide. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah. And then they were both attracted to me. um, But they were both, they were attracted to each other. At that time I wasn't filming. I still hired somebody to film. Mm -hmm. Um, So, they dragged me in to so it yeah, it was hot because they they dragged yeah, you was, in? Yeah, they, they didn't drag me into the scene because I told the, the camera guy, I'm like I'm not in this scene, <laughs> but we stopped filming and played and then went back to their own filming and yeah, it was a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah, it was interesting. <laughs> All right.
0: Um if if the let's say the industry came back again, would you consider running it again? having your own business?
1: No. no, Absolutely not.
0: You wouldn't get into it again. What advice do you have for those people out there that want to be in porn? Uh,
1: have option B. Have a backup. I mentor so many people in that industry right now. Uh, trying to help them find something to do besides porn. I mean, some of them just don't, you know, they're invincible. They're in their 20s and they're not going to get old. Um, wow. But others that are you know, in their thirties, they're seeing, they're going, okay, yeah, I see. It's not going to go on forever. Yep. Um, yeah, I help. I I do my best. If anybody asks for my help, I I help them.
0: Looking back now at your life, what would you tell your 20 year old self?
1: I would just say, watch out for the rough patch. Watch out for the business partner. Don't trust them (laughs) because you (laughs) don't know what it's like going down the other path and you've lived only one path in your life, what can you tell your 20-year-old self? Oh no, don't get involved in that business. Mm -hmm. Would I have gone down, stayed, let's say, gotten another job with the University of Miami? Um, It just wasn't me. The life that I led, the life that I have led, I think is the life that I should have led.
0: Alright, so Sean, thank you so much for being on the pod and uh, one more thing Don't Don't fall fall off off the
1: pod pod. (laughs) Oh my god We are so not coordinated on that
0: (laughs) That's a wrap Alright everybody, go right now to your app store and search for Pod With Me We have our very own app You can also check us out on social media I really hope you've enjoyed this episode, and until next time, don't fall off the pod.